Blog Talk Radio. With those first child sounds, for me and Miles, it's DJ Jokes. My name is Everett Sands. I'm the president and founder of the West Foundation. West, 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 West Foundation. West, 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 West Foundation. West, what is West, 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 what we want, we want, we want to do is we want to impart on these young people that we have opportunity to, uh, to coach, coach, coach. That you got to work every day. You got to work every day to be successful. You can't take any days. You can't take any days off. Even when you don't feel like getting it done, you got to get out there and do it. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands for the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. It is July 6th. We have already passed the halfway point in the year. The year is just flying by. The good thing is we're starting to open back up, so we're starting to get back outside and do some different things. But welcome, everybody. We have a, a great show lined up for you today. And uh, as always, just want to talk a little bit about the West Foundation the purpose of the West Foundation is we want to help kids to understand that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. Now, I think it's extremely important that they chase their dreams because there's so much that can be learned from them chasing their dreams. They, they learn a little bit of perseverance, discipline, work ethic, teamwork, amongst a bunch of other things. And the great thing is as you develop those things, you're putting yourself in position to play at a higher level. But those same ingredients is what's going to make you successful in any walk of life, whether you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a policeman, a salesperson, regardless, those things are vital. And you get an opportunity to develop those by playing your sport. So it's important that you chase your dream. But I also want them to understand, and I want to give them tools that will help them to be successful once that sport ends. And sometimes for some kids, that sport ends when they finish high school. Some get an opportunity to uh, play at the collegiate level. Some get an opportunity to play at the professional level, whether it's a cup of coffee or they get to spend 10 to 15 years. The sport's going to end at some point. And when that happens, what do you have in your tool belt that will help you to be successful? Now, our major event was about a week and a half ago. We had a huge, um, it was a free football and cheerleading camp. You know, we had about 65, 70 kids out there, which our numbers were down a little bit. There was a threat of rain. I'm sure some still uh, are dealing with the COVID stuff. But the kids had a great time. And not only that, the coaches that we had brought in, and I think the coaches make, make that camp so special because the coaches are some guys that played with me, 
but mostly guys that played for me or guys that I recruited, you know, throughout my my uh, career as a collegiate football coach. So we had guys from Citadel. We had guys from South Carolina, guys from Elon College, uh, Ohio University, North Carolina State. So guys from, from around, they come in and just have opportunities to spend time and to dive uh, in, into this camp and just pour into these young people. And, uh, again, I thought they had a great time. I thought the coaches had a great time. And then something that we were able to do this year, which I think was extremely special, is we were able to give every kid a pair of cleats or a pair of sneakers. So we partnered with Carson's Cleats, um, which Carson Bailey, he's the one that started Carson Cleats there in Conway, South Carolina. And then we also partnered with Intersoul. And Intersoul is uh, Don Staley's nonprofit um, based here in Columbia, South Carolina. And on top of that, we also uh, utilize Under Armour. So we had some great partnerships to be able to bless these kids with some shoes. And I thought that that was another great thing that would separate us from everybody else. So not only was it a free camp, not only did they get some great individualized training, some fundamental work, they got a pair of shoes. And, of course, we fed them during the day as well. And, and as always, we have a huge emphasis on academics because I believe that is truly the key to success. And I also believe that everybody isn't going to walk the same path. So not everybody is going to have that traditional four-year education. But there's still got to be some education involved. So if I go to a trade school, if I go and I learn how to be a plumber or, or an electrician or a welder or a mechanic, all those jobs will be something that will help you to become successful. And there's a lot of good money that can be made in that. But, again, it all starts with education. Regardless of which way you go, you got to learn. Uh, it's just not going to come on you by osmosis. You have to put yourself in position to learn. So we definitely want to encourage that. Now, another big thing that we have going that we have uh, that we did earlier was we had a big golf tournament. We're going to plan on doing that again. And we have some other events that we're going to have coming up in the future. And now these other events are going to be surrounded around different sports activities because um, we're going to do basketball. We're going to get into baseball. We're going to get into soccer. Uh, we're also going to do golf and tennis. But we're also going to have some different life skill seminars. We're going to talk about things like nutrition, um, financial literacy. And, and again, I, I can never harp enough on financial literacy because I think that is so important. Because regardless if you make $40,000 a year or $40 million a year, if you don't know what to do with your money, you're going to end up broke. So that financial, that financial literacy piece is so important. We're going to talk about mental wealth. Uh, or mental health and mental and mental wellness, which actually our next seminar, we're going to talk about the transition. It's going to be on, on mental wellness. We're going to talk about a transition for these kids to from virtual back into the classroom. We want them to go on and start thinking about that because for some of them, it is going to be a tough transition. Um, we also talk about character development, leadership development, etiquette, interacting with police officers, all of these things are, are extremely important, regardless of what walk of life these young people go down. So that is uh, a little bit about what we do, and we are always looking to grow. So uh, if you want, you can go to our website, which is www.wesffc.com. 
Again, that's www.wesffc.com. And again, the only way we can be successful is we have the support of everybody. The thought of the day is what's your plan? You know, I was reading reading somewhere uh, a note that I had written down that was talking about a dream is just a dream until you write it down. And then when you write it down, it becomes a goal. And that goal, once you start putting some action items there, becomes a plan. And the only way that that plan will become a reality is if I actually put those action items to work and I actually start doing something. So I want you want to be able to take whatever that dream that you have is you want to take it from a dream to a goal and then take that goal and then make it into a plan. And then once you have that plan, now it's time to make it a reality. It's not going to just happen. A lot of people dream big dreams. First of all, they don't write it down. It never really becomes a goal. Now, there's some people that have goals, but what are they doing to make that goal into a plan? Because, again, it's not just going to happen. You have to do your part. And then once it's a plan, now I have to actually put it to work and make it a reality. And, and as we all know, there's no guarantees in life, but the only guarantee that I will give you is if you don't go on and start putting some things into action, it's never going to happen because it will not just fall into your lap. And if something does fall into your lap and you haven't put any work into it, it's not going to last long. So to have that sustained success that so many people are looking for, we got to take our dreams and turn them into goals, take our goals, turn it into a plan. I mean, once we have that plan, we got to go on and act and make that a reality. So, again, I ask, what is your plan? What dreams do you have? And is that a dream big enough that you want to turn it into a goal? and then turn that into a plan, and then turn it into reality. That's a question that you have to ask yourself. Because there was one day um, one of my old players said, Coach, talking about some of these freshmen, he's like, these guys got million-dollar dreams but got a minimum wage workout. So once again, I mean, hey, if you don't put the work in, it's not going to happen. It's just not. And like I said, if it does, something does happen, it'll be short-lived. Um, but um, we will talk a little bit more about that later, but I have a, a great guest uh, as my co-host today, uh, Mr. Nate McBride. Nate, how's everything going? What's up, Coach? How you doing? Everything's going well yeah, on my part. Now, Nate just finished playing over at Georgia. So, but tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So I was born and raised in Vallejo, Georgia. Uh, South Georgia, for people that don't know. Um, I grew up playing football all my life. Dad was a coach. Um, my brother ended up playing in college at Furman, and um, I ended up playing all four years at Georgia and just graduated, and now I'm job searching. Gotcha, gotcha. The, um, now, what kind of uh, – you, first of all, where did you get your degree in? Uh, my degree was communication studies. Communication, okay. And what do you? What kind of uh, job are you looking for? See, that's where I'm a little stuck right now. I was thinking about sales, uh, any type of sales. Right. I'm not real too sure or um, 
you know, I thought about doing pit crew and NASCAR, you know, the mm-hmm. options are endless, but you know, I got to, I got to, uh, dwindle down my choices and, you know, start to find a career that I would like. So. Right. 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 Good. Nice. There's, uh, of course, one of the inviting things about the pit crew is you're still part of a team. And you know you've been part of a team, I would imagine, for what, um, probably 16, 17 years of your life? Yes, sir. Yeah, just about. So being a competitive team is, is, I would imagine, extremely enticing. Oh, it is. And, it, you know, it gives you – you have supporters, you got, you know – you you call them teammates, but they're really your brothers because you spend so much time with right. them. You know, when you, when you're down, you ain't you ain't down by yourself. You got somebody to pick you up and you know help dust you off and get you back right. So that's what exactly. that's what I love about the team aspect. Right, right. Well, good. Well, since we talked about team, how was your team? Um, you all had some good years over there, at Georgia. Um, how was your experience over there? It was it was awesome, um, you know. Like I said, played all four years, played in every game, um, mostly on special teams. Um, but the teammates from my freshman year to my senior year, you know, everybody was uh, awesome. The coaches and the players, you know, the players had the same goal in mind, and the coaches helped prepare us to get to that goal. And, um, one year we actually got to the goal, but you know we couldn't pull it all the way through. But uh, you know, my four years were awesome. There was a lot of um, hurdles that I had to jump, um, but it helped me get, uh, it helped me learn how to deal with adversity. And you know, college is really that key point where you turn from a boy or a teenager to a man. So, you know, I had fun. Right. Good. The um, now, how was this COVID year for you? Oh, it was weird. Um, Starting off, we missed most of the summer because we had to stay home, which we still did, you know, meetings and stuff through Zoom and all that. But when we got back, we had to stay in the indoor facility just about the whole time so we could all space out. It was was weird, but, you know, it was just another thing that we had to overcome. And it helped us be more in tune with each other. And we had to be on the same page, especially with all this COVID stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Did uh, you have many guys on the team get COVID? Yeah, there were a few, but we were uh, we were one of the few SEC teams that are one of the lowest uh, COVID cases um, out of the entire year, and you know that was, mm-hmm. that goes a long way. And you know the players, we really took pride in being where we were supposed to be and not being where we wasn't supposed to be. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The um now did NCAA did you have an opportunity to get another year? I did. Um I think everybody got that opportunity but you know, I thought I thought to myself, you know, I had a great run with football and right. you know, I wanted to right. be able to support myself and get get my mm-hmm. second chapter going. Exactly. I understand. I understand that. Definitely. Definitely. Now, um, of course, dad's a coach, your brother's a coach. Any thoughts of you getting into coaching or are you saying, hey, I'm going to 
stay away from that and just go the uh, professional route? Uh, I thought about it. And, you know, I, I think about it every day, really. But um, you know, mm-hmm. I could always I could always come back to that. You know, I want right. to go my own route and you know see what mm-hmm. God has to offer for me and what you were talking about earlier. You know, putting your dreams or your plans into action. That's uh, that's what I want to do. You know, I could always be a coach, but right now I want to see what I can do. Exactly. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, we're going to uh, switch a little bit just talking about SEC football because one of one of my uh, – and I'm going to get your perspective from somebody that, that's been in that, in that uh, fray recently. You know, one of my good friends um, – some reason doesn't think that SEC is the best football in the country. He thinks that Big Ten is better football than the SEC. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, if if he failed and knocked his head or, or what happened. But what is your thought on a statement like that? Oh, well, all I can say is you ain't you want to play real big boy ball. Go to SEC. We can do all that other, you know, throwing it around, doing RPOs and all that other stuff. Right. But you want to go head to head with a 350 pound lineman who's trying to take your head off every play? You get in the SEC and you'll see how you do. Right, right. But that was that was part of his deal. He said that uh, in in the Big Ten, that that's all they do is, is just get down here and run the ball. And I think to me, you know, I mean, I'm sure. I, yeah, and I think there's a difference. You know, it's of course mm-hmm. there's great players everywhere, but I mean SEC is just especially the work you put in outside of actually playing. It's, it's just I believe it's so much more, and we put so much at Georgia. We put so much preparation into the game that by the time you get to the game, I mean it's it's easy. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. See, one of the things that I think is different. Um, in my opinion, after coaching there for for four years, uh, is Big Ten is going to run the ball. And they're going to have some big linemen and all that. But I don't think that they have won. I think the defensive linemen in the SEC are different than than any other conference, Um, top to bottom. But also I think these the skill players are going to be different as well. So I think, um, you know, ACC is going to have some really good skill players, but I don't think their line is the same. Um, I think the Big Ten got the line, but I don't think their skill players are the same. And I'm I'm talking more on the offensive side receivers. Um, but I think the SEC has all aspects of that. And they're going to they're gonna, – Man, manhandle you in the run game, then all of a sudden you gotta go on and plan for that guy out there. Because are we gonna double cover him? But if we double cover him, what are we gonna do with the guy on the other side? Because he's just as good. So I think you I, know, that's, I why, agree. that's probably what makes it so different. Yes, sir. I, I agree with that. And it's, I think it's probably the closest thing you can get to pro without being pro yet. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The um, but hey. That that is definitely one of the pluses, and, and as a as a running back, sometimes sometimes that's a minus. 
Because you're going to be going to get some dudes week in and week out. Uh, and, and everybody's got some guys that can definitely play on the next level. And, you know, get a, you know, the opportunity to get to the NFL is like less than 1%. Um, but I think SEC-wise, it's probably closer to about 11 or 12%. When you're like, that's still not a big number. Well, yeah, it's not a big number. Um, but I think probably for what, the last six, seven years, there's more guys, at, at least six, seven. There's probably more guys off of one side of the SEC than any other conference. So I can agree with that. Yeah. It, it is different. It is different, no doubt about it. It is different. And... Uh, you know, I was just reading something that I didn't realize. Um, did you know that Florida has won a national championship every year since, like, 2005, except for one year? And really? Not, not football, but they've won at least one national championship um, every year every since, year. like, 2005. Yeah. And I think it was wow. golf this year or something like that. But that's, they're, they're definitely – separate themselves, you know, as a whole program. Um, but uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. The um, sure. Now, as we're talking about football, what is your thought on probably the biggest question out there right now, Aaron Rodgers going to do? Ooh, man. You know, I I don't know. I, I don't – I hadn't followed it too much, but – I'll just say from from the outside looking in, um, it seems like you don't want to be there no more. Now, I don't know why, because I hadn't looked too much right. into it, but it, it don't seem like he wants to be there. So either he needs to make an agreement with the Packers or something, but he, he needs to get out of there, you know, get a fresh start or suck it up and go or retire. I mean, that's really only three things he can do, but. But, I mean, he's living his best life. I know that. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Now, the from what I understand, um, he was a little upset. One, last year they drafted, they moved up to draft a quarterback in the first round. And mm-hmm. not that you have to tell him, but I would think that you're going to say, hey, we're going to, you know, if you're trying to look for the future, you say something to your marquee quarterback. Exactly. And then this year, he was looking for some receiver help. And instead, in the first round, they drafted the DB. From Georgia. I think the combination of those two sort of got him a little sour face. So, mm-hmm. they were well, in contention. Yeah, last good. that is true. Well, they are. And, they really are just about every year. Yeah. And if he's there, they could be in contention again this year. But if he's not, mm. I don't know what they're going to do. It might um, be a whole new rebuilding process. Yeah. And then how long is that going to take? Um, exactly. Because here's one thing. Now, I had an opportunity to do an internship with them back in 2019. And he is different. He, he, he has a great vision of the field and does a great job of seeing things before it actually happens. I mean, he can see it develop. 
and then he can go on, see something develop on the left side. I'm going to look on the right side. Okay, boom, now that's going to happen. I'm going to come back and, and I'm going to make a, a, a great throw. So it's not just like, okay, he's wide open. No, nah, he makes great throws. He sees it. He makes great throws. Um, he has, uh, as I call it, escapability. I mean, he's not going to run up and down the, the field. Um, that's not what he wants to do, but he has escapability. So I think he is definitely one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And uh, if Green Bay is going to have a chance to get there this year, I think that he needs to be at quarterback. And, again, this is my opinion, but uh, we'll see what happens. It was going to be interesting, something that uh, has been going on now for, for a while. So I don't know if it's the longer that it goes, the better chance he's going to stay or or what. So what do you, what do you think? The longer it goes, do you think he's going to stay or do you think it's going to be less likely he's going to be moving on? I don't know. I mean, you'd think by now that with as long as it's been that he would just go ahead and come back because it seems like he's holding out right. for something else. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're right about him being a premier quarterback. I mean, he's been one of the top in the league for many years now. And like you said, right. they just need that one piece of the puzzle that will put him over the top to get him to the Super Bowl and actually win it. Mm-hmm. And – and that receiver core is definitely because Adams is a great player. He is definitely a great mm-hmm. player. But inside, you know, I think another dynamic player inside. And they have some other good receivers. Uh, but I just think mm-hmm. inside it can use another dynamic player. So I got a question, if happens. you don't mind. Yeah. Yep. So how did, watching ahead. the Super Bowl this past year, watching the Super Bowl this past year, how do you feel about mm-hmm. Kansas City's O-line and, you know, what should they do differently? Well, I believe if Kansas City had their starting two tackles healthy, it's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different sure. ballgame. Um, so, I mean, where they were, they got guys, they got guards playing tackles um, that haven't played it all year. You know, I guess on one hand it might have been different if they started it week 10. But their mm-hmm. first starts were, you know, in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. um, I think if 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 Mahomes has more time, it's definitely a totally game, totally different game. And then you also got to say, okay. of course, you know, if Edson Bus were candy and nuts every day, it'd be Christmas. But if <laughs> if uh, if Tyree doesn't doesn't drop that, I mean, it would have been a great catch. But if he doesn't drop that pass and the touch in the end zone. It's a different game. Um, and the tight end doesn't drop that pass for that first down. It's probably different. And if the uh, the Bucks doesn't walk down the field on penalties the last drive of the first half, it's a different game. So there's so many different things that can happen, but I think it all starts with those starting tackles. If the starting tackles are there, but it's, that's football. You have to adjust. Injuries happen. That's part of it. Uh, and I think on the other side, um, I'm not necessarily a, a huge Tom Brady fan, but I respect him because he's been there half of his career, just getting mm-hmm. there. Some guys never get there, and he's been there half of his career. So, and, and again, he's won more Super Bowls than any organization, so you, you have to give him his respect. Um, now, I don't think he was the, the quote-unquote 
game changer in this game, but I thought his presence brought all those different guys to the team that were game changers. So true. This year's gonna be interesting. So I don't know if he's gonna be able to repeat. I doubt very seriously he's gonna be able to repeat. Um, but hey, because he already got he already got that one. So this year he's he's gonna be out of the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. But but hey, but let's take a quick break. And uh, we'll be back with our first guest. Hold on.
styles. For me, Miles, it's DJ Trebex. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands of the West Foundation Sports Talk Show and my co-host, Nate McBride, and we have our first guest, Dr. Matt Boyson. Dr. Matt, how's everything going? Uh, it's going great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey, man, we're excited to have you. Excited to have you with some very interesting conversation, which we, on, on you know, behind the scenes, we're having a conversation. It's like, oh, man. It's uh, some of the stuff that, that you're able to do is not something that you think about with a chiropractor. But nonetheless, before we get into all of that, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Dr. Matt Boyson. I am the owner and operator of Midlands Family Chiropractic. We're in Irmo, South Carolina. Uh, we've been here since January 2019. Uh, I graduated chiropractic school in 2016. I uh, worked for a big office for a while and decided uh, I want to go do it for myself. So me and my sister opened up uh, our clinic in Columbia. We're right outside of Columbia and Irmo. Uh, and it's been great, man. We're helping a lot of people, uh, working on some athletes, some kids, uh, you know, run the whole run the whole gamut. We've had a great time. Well, good, good. Now, the, the one that I want to, we're going to sort of concentrate on, even though we had a very interesting conversation about a toddler, not a toddler, but a baby, a baby baby. But long baby let's talk about let's talk about the athletes right now let's 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 get into that first and foremost sure how what what do you do that can help an athlete be a better athlete yeah so the biggest thing that we do is uh spinal biodynamics uh and that's a that's a big word for basically we want to make sure the joints in your body especially your spine are working optimally because if you have a good joint that's working optimally, you'll be faster, stronger, recover better, perform better. Uh, so that's the main thing. We check the kids out um, from head to toe. We want to know what joints are working well. We want to know what joints aren't working well. Uh, that way we can support their body, whether through adjustments, uh, some custom-made orthotics possibly, uh, some stretching, exercising, things like that. Um, we want to get a full idea of what's going on so we can give the best recommendations we can. Now, so I got a, what is – I got a question, yeah, go ahead. Coach, if you don't mind. Now, being from a small town in South Georgia, we never really had many chiropractors where I was from. Um, and the stigma that I got when I was a kid growing up is – you don't want to go to a chiropractor. All it's going to do is just, you know, mess your bones up later in life. Uh, can you just talk about a little bit how that's wrong and what chiropractic could do to help athletes? I know you kind of talked about that, but just yeah. the stigma. Um, you know, so, so like with any profession, you're going to find really, really good chiropractors, and you're going to find some not-so-great chiropractors. Uh, the big thing is supporting your body throughout your entire life. Um, chiropractic as a profession, as a science, as an art, has advanced a lot, um, especially since the 80s, very classic. Uh, they called them bone crunchers, basically, um, where we've learned so much about the human body and about how the joints work together, we can put together a treatment plan for each specific athlete that's very specific. When you come into my office, we're going to sit down, uh, we're going to, you know, go through everything that's going on. You know, that way we're not just guessing. 
we want to know these are the joints that aren't moving properly and we want to get them moving properly. We're not just blindly, you know, going in and adjusting bones, you know, waiting, you know, to hear that classic pop, you know, you go on YouTube and, you know, search chiropractor and, you know, they get their fancy cameras with their huge microphones on them and they're looking for those pops, that grand, you know, boom. But that's not really what chiropractic is about. Chiropractic is making sure that the joints are moving efficiently, they're moving in the directions they need to move, and they're moving with a quality that's not going to degrade them in the future. What I do is I find the joints that are not able to move properly, and we help them move the way they should. Now, whether that's from an injury, tight muscles, maybe some inflammation, that's where the exam comes in so we can narrow down to the areas that need more improved function. Um, okay. You know, to, to the point of in the future, we see so many patients that come in and they say, I wish I would have known about this 20 years ago. Where were you when all of this first started? Um, you know, it's like right. your car. If you don't take care of your car, things are going to break down. You know, the maintenance is going to mm -hmm. cost you a lot more than doing your routine maintenance. People are great with keeping their cars maintained or their houses. You, know, you got a leaky roof, call the guy in. Um, but they're terrible about taking care of their bodies. And just because you're not an athlete doesn't mean that your body is not capable of doing athletic things. Does that kind of answer your question a little bit? Oh, yeah. That was very good. I like that. Sweet. <laughs> okay. And, you know, it's one of those things where you got to find a chiropractor, you got to find a medical doctor, you got to find a coach that resonates with what you want, with what you're looking out, you know, looking to get out of the situation. If you go to a doctor and it just doesn't feel right, maybe that's not the place for you. I try to make sure that the people coming into my office are looking for what we have to offer. If you want something different, I'm glad to help you get to the place where you need. But the way we do things, we're so thorough that once you're in our office, you'll be our patient for life. Not because you have to, because you understand if I take care of myself, my life is going to be much easier in the long run. Very true. Okay, Dr. Mack. Now, now we, we're What's talking that? about taking care of so, what kind of things do we should we be looking for or should we be doing to put ourselves in position to take care of our bodies? The biggest thing is move. Just move. We are so sedentary in our lives. I mean, I'm I'm up pacing around right now. I try not to sit as much as possible. You know, we go to bed, we wake up in the morning, get ready for work. Most people go to work, they sit at a desk for eight hours in a row, maybe a 30-minute lunch right. break. Oh, I'm so busy. I don't have, have, have time to get up. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to move. And then you get off of work, you go home, you sit on the couch. That cycle of not moving is definitely a self-fulfilling prophecy. You stop moving, things start to get stuck, stop working properly, and then before you know right. it, a small ache of pain turns into a real problem. So if we could stretch, walk, I recommend walking to anybody. 
most anybody can walk and get benefit. Drink water. Maybe do a little stretching. People are so scared or intimidated by stretching. It's so basic. I tell my patients, we're not going to put you on a stretching routine right now. I just want you to move your body. If bending forward makes your hamstrings feel terrible, you probably need to bend forward more to stretch those muscles <laughs> that aren't working properly. So from you know, an athlete standpoint, especially kids, you know, they're active, they're young, they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Usually athletes don't come to us with problems. It may be, oh, you know, my, my back is tight or my neck, or I, a lot of kids these days are coming in with headaches. That's the biggest one, the work from home, school from home, sitting in front of computers all day. They're coming into us with neck pain and headaches. I've never seen headaches in kids like I have over the past eight months or so or a year. Wow. And it's because change of lifestyle. You know, they're going from being in the classroom, you know, moving around, maybe a little recess, hang out with their friends, to now you've got to sit in front of this computer. So it's different stressors on our body, so we need to be able to identify what things am I doing that's causing me issues. Sometimes you need someone like me to yell at you, the biggest one for adults, and I'd say probably one out of two of you are doing it right now, is sitting on their wallet. It's such a basic thing, but if you've got your wallet in your back pocket and you sit down for an Mm -hmm. hour, you know, that wallet is, you know, maybe half an inch wide. The spinal canal in, you know, that runs, that holds our spinal cord is only 13 millimeters wide. So if we're causing rotation in our hips, if we're causing imbalances, maybe you need somebody to point that out. Or the way you sit, the way you stand. So these little things that's hard for the average person to identify, if you find someone like me who's going to look for biodynamics, look for, you know, getting you even, looking for compensations, we can point those things out to you, and you might not even know it's causing you problems. Mm. Either of you guys got your wallet in your back pocket? I don't. I'm, I'm, uh, I think I stopped I'm pacing right now. About- yeah, <laughs> I, I, I stopped. I stopped with a back pocket wallet probably about four or five years ago. Good man, good. Bring brings a smile yeah, to my so, heart. So so, if it's in my front pocket, it's not going to bother me, right? That's not as bad. That's great. Front pocket's where it's at, man. Good. You don't want uh, one of those have... George Costanza wallets. Go ahead, man. What's up? I, I have a question. All right, so. Sure. After, you know, getting your body worked on and all that, how long would you say that you need to um, rest? Because I was told that when you get a massage, you're supposed to rest. You're not supposed to go lift or anything after for maybe a day or so. Is that the same thing with uh, chiropractic or what? Um, No, not not necessarily. Uh, And that's the caveat of that is what are you coming to me for? If you have an injury, if you have something where, you know, we're trying to overcome some sort of dysfunction, then I'm probably going to tell you to, to take a rest. Um, I, we, have, we have weightlifters that come in, um, get adjusted, and then go work out. 
because that's when they feel the loosest. You know, that's when they feel like they're the most uh, stable. So, mm-hmm. and, that, and that might be a differing of philosophies to a certain extent. But, no, for, from mm-hmm. my standpoint, you know, if you are physically able to go work out after you come see me, I want you to, 100%. I want you to keep that body moving. I want you to re, you know, re-emphasize what we've done, so your body, your brain, knows this is optimal positioning. This is how those joints should work, and then you can reinforce those neural pathways. Okay. So now, we we sort of talked about this the other day, um, you and I. Um, I think that the number of Achilles tears has increased dramatically over the last five to ten years. Is Absolutely. that the shoes? Is that imbalances, or what is that exactly? In your opinion? Yeah, so I, I would say that it's a combination of things. Um, the biggest thing right now is the shoes. You know, you go to you know shoe carnival or um, you know, dicks or wherever, and, you know, you go get a pair of shoes. If I'm a size 11 and you're a size 11, we're going to get the same exact shoe. Does that mean that right. we have the same exact foot? Absolutely not. So, you know, 50, shoot, probably 70 years ago now, when you wanted a nice pair of shoes, you went to the cobbler. They took a cast of your shoe, your foot, they made you a shoe mm-hmm. specifically for your foot. So without getting that proper arch support, we're seeing a ton of plantar fasciitis, which is uh, inflammation of the bottom of the foot, basically. Um, we're seeing a lot of Achilles tears. We're seeing a lot of foot and knee problems because our bodies are not properly supported. And that's where when you come into our office, we have a 3D foot scanner. We put you on the scanner. We use Foot Levelers, a company based out of Roanoke, Virginia. They've been doing custom-made orthotics for, I think, 100 years, give or take. Um, We get that 3D image of your foot. We send it into them, and they create a custom orthotic specifically for your foot and the deficiencies that your foot has. Now, is it something we're born with? Yes. Is it something that we develop as we get older? Absolutely. What the cause of the flat foot, or it's called pronation, where your foot rolls in, and a lot of us can Mm -hmm. feel it happening, that puts pressure, uneven pressure, which like I was talking about before, uneven pressure on these joints, will cause them to wear down faster. So we want to support the feet because the feet are our foundation. If you build a house and one corner of the house is six inches higher than the other corner of the house, you may be be able to get away with it for, you know, 10, 20 years, but eventually you're going to get cracks in your house. That foundation is going to fail. It's the same thing with our bodies. So if we can support the feet – we can work better to stabilize the rest of the body. So uh, long story short, yeah, it is, it's a combination of things. Sedentary lifestyle, mm-hmm. improper footwear, 
Um, these the the toe uh, shoes. Those I think they're Vibrams or something like that. That's giving you mm-hmm. no support. That might be the worst, but they're marketing mm-hmm. them as these great running shoes. But you're getting absolutely right. no support in your arches, so the rest of your body is having to take a lot of brunt of that improper biodynamics. Hmm. I was talking with somebody about that. It's like that is so much better for you because of the fact that you're not getting that support, so it's got to be from a natural, but it's the opposite effect, huh? Well, if if you have good arches and you're having proper support that your body is designed to have, then sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But only about 1% of the population have what would be considered good arches. So, yeah, absolutely. If you're looking at best-case scenario, you know, this is an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. They have good biodynamics when they're running. You know, their arches in their feet are where they should be, which is very, very rare, especially if you're running that much, because that repetitive motion mm. is, is slamming on those arches. And I'm sure if you have runners at home, I'm sure they're, you know, yelling at me, but running is very, very hard on your body because it's that mm. repetitive motions very long distances, if you have improper biodynamics while you're running, you're going to wear your joints down faster. It's just that. Mm. So by supporting your arches, by getting your hips aligned, getting your back supported, you know, getting those muscles working right, you'll be able to run faster, more efficiently, less wear and tear on your joints, so you can run longer, you know, in terms of, distance, but then also longer in your life. We have a ton of runners. We see a ton of runners. They wreck themselves. Now, is this more so for somebody in their 20s, 30s, or can kids in their pre-teens, teens, um, get a lot of support and results out of this as well? Yeah, kids, especially young athletes, get great results with us. And it's because their bodies are still growing. These muscles are still developing. The joints are still developing. You know, their growth plates haven't fused yet. They don't have, you know, decades of slips and falls and injuries. You know, so it's kind of like starting with a blank slate. And we can identify, so it may not be, You know, for your son, for example, he might not have any pain, but we can identify places in his body that could potentially become sources of injury, the ACL tears, things like that. If your feet and your hips aren't supported, it puts a lot of pressure on your knees. So by identifying areas where they may not be biodynamically sound, we can help prevent injury in the future. Got it. Got it. And, you know, these are things that we look for is not something that your average medical doctor will look for. Right. When I first graduated school, there was 
uh, a high school right across from the clinic that I worked in, and we started doing free sports physicals. Come in, we'll do your sports physical. It's right across the street. No big deal. In and out. Easy. So I, they would bring in their sheet, and I'd have to go through, you know, the check boxes. Basically, you know, skin, eyesight, hearing, smelling, tasting, you know, all of these seemingly random things that they're looking for. And then I get to the end, I was like, where's the questions about their muscle tone? Where's the questions about their right. neck? Where's the questions about their head? You know, do they have hip pain? Do they have back pain? Do they have feet pain? All of those things were completely ignored in these sports physicals. So we took it upon ourselves. You know, we're not just going to do your sports physical. We're going to do a complete biodynamic screen. And I'm going to tell you everything that's wrong. Whether you want our services or not is fine, but it's my right. duty to educate you on things that could be wrong with your child, things that they're not even looking for. And the, wow. the parents that's loved a, it. They were all about it. Yeah, well, we, that's what we needed in my high school, but we never had that. So consider those right. few lucky. Yeah. 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 And we, we did. We caught, we caught some, you know, pretty significant things that if we weren't doing right. the exams that we, the way that we did, you know, those kids could be susceptible to injury in the future. Mm. So, yeah, we, that was, you know, this, you, know, you just, you just got to find people on your team that, you know, that are looking out for the things that could potentially become problems for your kids in the future. Right. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the, cool, um, brother. I like, I like how you do that. That is. That is. So I have to wonder, um, you know, I was an old fullback there, uh, Nate. So uh, mm. every play, I was either hit or getting hit. Yeah. Me too. So, uh, does, does, uh, <laughs> is there any hope for an old body like mine? I think so, man. I think so. Because you found us. If you didn't find us, I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things where our bodies don't forget. Your body remembers, right. you know, every time you hit, you know, that six hole full speed ahead with your head down, you know, and got your entire body crunched. You know, it remembers all mm -hmm. those whiplash, even if it's a minor whiplash injury. Every time a point to the babies, think back to how many times your kids fell when they were learning how to walk. They fall back on their butt, they giggle, they get up, move on. That repetitive bam, bam, bam through those formative years of their lives, our body remembers that. Our hips are twisted. We had a baby earlier I was talking about. She was great at looking to her left, but she cried every time she looked to her right. Well, that's not good. You know, that's not something that, right. you know, something is going on in her neck she won't breastfeed on one side. She'll only breastfeed on the other because it feels good to turn her head to the left. It feels bad to turn her head to the right. So what do we need to do to figure out how do we get these joints moving better? How do we get these muscles relaxed so she can sleep because her neck's not tight anymore? So it's one of those things where you know, it's a lot of narrowing down you know, problem areas to – you know, back to the biodynamics point. We want optimal biodynamics at all ages. Right. Right. 
I have a fun question that is probably just an old wives' tale, but I was told this sure. as a kid. I was told that you, you shouldn't crack your knuckles because it gives you arthritis in your fingers. Is that true or no? So we get that question all the time. Um, there's a couple different – there was a guy, I forget his name, a scientist. He cracked the knuckles on his left hand only for 50 years. I'll, have to find, I'll, I'll send the, the study to Everett. Uh, he cracked the knuckles on one hand only for decades and then took x-rays, and he found no difference in his hands, the amount of arthritis within them. But what I will say is people that crack their own neck are hurting themselves. Now, it may mm-hmm. release some pressure, but my job is to find segments in your spine that are not moving optimally. Then we introduce force through the adjustment, whether it's with a tool or our hands, um, we introduce a force in the optimal direction to get that joint moving properly. When you adjust, quote unquote, adjust your own neck, especially if you're using your hands to crank or, you know, get a little extra oomph onto it, what you're doing is you're moving bones that are already able to be moved you're mm. actually damaging your good joints by doing these things. It's going to stretch the joint capsule. It's going to stretch the muscles and the ligaments. And over time, that sh- constant stretching of a joint that's already moving okay is going to inhibit that muscle and those ligaments from holding your neck in proper alignment. So you're going to weaken the joints of your neck but unless you know exactly which joint is the problem joint, you're just going to keep adjusting or moving bones that are already being able to move, and it's going to cause damage. Versus yeah. coming to see me, where I figure out which segment is causing your dysfunction, mm-hmm. we get that specific segment to move better, and then the joints around it work better. Make sense? Got it. Yeah, it does. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, man. And Dr. Boyson. Good we, question, though. We, we get it all the time, every day. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely appreciate it. And sometime, I definitely want to get you back out here again. But where can our, our listeners find you? We are in Irmo, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. You can find us um, online at MidlandsFamilyChiropractic.com. You'll see me at my shining face the big old beard on our main page. Uh, You can give us a call. Our phone number is 803-772-3300. Even if you just have questions, if you live, you know, in California or wherever, you want to give me a call, I'm glad to answer any questions or try to find a chiropractor uh, in your area that does things similar to me. Um, It doesn't always work, but I've helped people, you know, in the past, you know, Arkansas, Florida, uh, like, hey, my aunt is looking for a chiropractor like you. Uh, who you got? So um, even if you just have questions, you want to talk, even if you can't be my patient, you know, I love talking about chiropractic. Good, very good. Well, we appreciate it. And, again, sometime soon, definitely want to get you back on again. 
All right. I can't yeah, wait, you. man. I'm free. Any Tuesday, you just let me know. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. I want you to myself. I can't help it. All mine. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. You're my ladies, and I can't. Maybe I'm selfish. Let you I want you to myself. I can't help it. Trying to find a motive. I do what I do. See the man getting no closer. No matter how far I go, my car is stolen. The registration. Cop patrolling. And now they don't stop me and I get locked up. They won't let me out. They won't let me out. They won't let me out. No, they won't let me out. Talk show and my co-host tonight, Nick McBride, and we are back 
That was a great conversation we had with Dr. Matt. Some things you never really thought about from a chiropractor standpoint. Um, but yes, now sir. we're going to move on to uh, Mr. Carlos Avalos. Carlos, how's everything going? Doing great. We dodged the storm down here in Miami, so uh, pretty happy the boat's in good shape and, uh, you know, everything's uh, looking good. So, unfortunately, it looks like it's heading towards, I guess, the Tampa area. But uh, yeah, so that was yeah. kind of preoccupying us, uh, you know, for the most part yesterday, see what which way that storm went. But we're doing great over here, and thank you for having me on, and uh, looking forward to it. You guys are, you know, doing a great yeah. thing. Well, first and foremost, before we get started, just make sure you have the boat and stuff ready, because sometime, I don't know when, but I'm going to make it down to Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on down, man. We'd love to have you, and uh, I guarantee a good time. If it's blowing, we'll just hit the sandbar, and you'll have some pretty things to look at. There you go. There you go. Hey, there's nothing wrong with little Atkins. Yeah, but, but Carlos, if you don't mind, uh, you, we, well, one, let me say congratulations. Um, thank you. Carlos has been I'm honored to man. the Citadel Hall of Fame. Uh, so that'll take place much, later much this fall. But, but tell us a little and bit thank about you for that. your help, Everett. I heard you, you wrote a letter for me, I think. Yes. And uh, so Definitely. much appreciated, man. Yep. Hey man, you know, as, as a as old running back, I understand that I'm only as good as the guys in front. <laughs> you know, Adrian did pretty good. He ran for over a thousand my last year, yep. so he uh, he's, yep. he's he's in, and by the way, man, I, I don't know if you've seen him, but he's in great shape. Holy moly! Oh yeah! I'm oh like, yeah! I'm like Facebook shredded. Yeah, but he, um, no, he, he you, you were saying. Yeah, I heard you saying earlier, like, line, and Nate, you're a linebacker, and then, you know, ever to fullback the collisions, and like in the, when you, after practice, and you, you look around the locker room, and the running backs, they're just their hands are smashed, and they just just constant high end collisions, man. It's uh, super super yep. high respect for you guys and the abuse that you take. <laughs> well, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, Andy had me one of a kind. I don't know if you ever saw that, Carlos. Uh, Nate, you might not know what I'm talking about, but I, I had to wear cheese. So it you had to like wear a what? Swiss cheese. It was cheese. Swiss cheese. That's what Andy called. It, it looked like oh for your for your Swiss skin. Cheese. What's no, that like? Like it, a cloth it, or something? It, it looked like Swiss cheese, but it was. Just a, uh, I don't know if it was rubber or whatever. They just taped it onto my hand because my hands would get so swollen from the from the helmet hits. And you see what I'm talking about? I would look at, yeah, like yeah. Gene. He was a quarterback, and it's Gene uh, Brown, and his hands were always Gene like Brown. shredded. And you're like, how does he do it? He's a quarterback. Yep. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, our quarter, Nate, our quarterback. We ran the option, so our quarterbacks are running backs. You know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, we ran the same so, thing in high school. So There you go. No you know the deal, man. No but, but, um, but, Carlos, tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, your accolades at the Citadel, and then what you've been doing since you left. Okay. Yeah, I come from, uh, you know, I'm born in, in the USA, so I'm a proud uh, American. and uh, But my parents fled communism. Uh, and, and, you know, they were in, they actually went to school 
and my mom went to school in Aiken, South Carolina for high school, and then for college, their, you know, their parents sent them to, uh, to school, and then they were in college in Milledgeville, Georgia. My dad was at Georgia State College. It's uh, military, I'm sorry, uh, Georgia Military College, and my mom was at Georgia State yep. College for women. And, uh, and the revolution happened where Mr. Castro came in, and, uh, and that ended their, um, their college experience, like their, their junior year, and they came down to Miami with some other family. And then uh, that's, how, that's how my story came along, is, uh, is fleeing communism. And then um, my earliest memories, uh, one of the things from a football standpoint, man, is the Miami Dolphins. In 71, they went to the Super Bowl. 70, they lost to the Cowboys. 73, I was just a little kid, five, mm-hmm. four or five years old. They, in 72, they went undefeated. In 73, they won again, and they almost had an even better team. And uh, it just – it was a community that was kind of torn by, you know, the big influx of, uh, of Cuban refugees and stuff like that. And – I saw the power of football, obviously inspirational, exciting, and the way the community came together. And uh, where, where my dad was baseball, 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 and more baseball. Um, the problem <laughs> was with, you know, the community, everything was football, football, football. And uh, right. so I ended up going to a great high school, which uh, a lot of Dolphin Dolphin players, we you know Mike Shula was was a quarterback. Uh, Nick bon, Mark Bonacani, Nick Bonacani, who's a Hall of Famer. Um, his son Mark, you know, I went to high school with him, graduated from high school with him, and we both signed scholarships at the Citadel. We had numerous D1 athletes, you know, studs at the high school. At a we were uh, at the highest class in high school, but we had an incredible program. We went to two state championships. Unfortunately, lost both. But over my four years, I just saw, you know, a super just machine winning program. And I, will t- I won't lie to you. I-, I think they took football back then. I- I- and they've won recently state championships and stuff like that. But they took football extremely seriously at, at my high school. And then uh, mm-hmm. getting to the Citadel, they, they gave me an opportunity, um, which, you know, uh, went up there with Mark and uh, – we, we really didn't uh, – we had a fun recruiting trip. We really didn't see much military stuff, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. And uh, it was a little bit of a rude awakening um, to get there. But I, I was – Coach Moore gave, a, gave me a scholarship and uh, was pleased to continue playing. And uh, it was uh, obviously rough at first, man. But uh, they won that first year. You know, they did really well. They went 8-4. They came within an eyelash of beating South Carolina. And then we had a, we had a, a couple tough years until Charlie, C- Coach Taft, came in. And uh, so that was just uh, – that was awesome. And I guess, you know, I've been on winning teams and losing teams, man. And, uh, you know, the losing team – you're on the sidelines or you're in practice and all you're talking about, even during the game, you know, you're talking about what you're going to do after and you're totally distracted and you're fooling around. Mm. Then, you know, on, on a Charlie Taft team, you're, you're focused in and, uh, and, you know, and winning, you know, just brings everybody together. It's just so much fun. And I'm sure, you know, at Georgia, you guys won all the time and it was extreme high pressure 
Citadel's a little bit different atmosphere, you know. Um, and ta- I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I talked to Lance Thompson a lot. I was with him this past weekend. And Lance mm-hmm. has, you know, I think he has three, at least three, if not four national championships. He's got Georgia Tech. He's got yeah. um, LSU and Alabama. And in, mm-hmm. in, in talking mm-hmm. to him, you know, he's saying that he's most proud of the Georgia Tech national championship because, you mm-hmm. know, he got the, they got those kids, that coaching staff got those kids to play at such a high level. They weren't dealing with the type of athlete that they had it, whether it's Georgia or, you know, an SEC school. So pretty impre- He also <clears throat> was right now at FAU. And he tells me the kids have a different mentality, you know, than, uh, than kids that are more than likely going to the NFL and whatnot. And that's the kind of kid we have at the Citadel, you know what I mean? So you, you, mm-hmm. you can't get distracted. But Charlie Taft, with his leadership, was able to, um, to keep us focused. And then, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and having fun, doing the difficult things, uh, the discipline of uh, all those repetitions, Everett, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in, uh, in oh, yeah. Just uh, over and over and over and over and over and over again. So a lot of repetition. And uh, so he, uh, as Bobby, uh, uh, Bobby Bowden would say, he'll take his and beat yours and take his and yours and beat his that kind of thing, you know. But uh, <laughs> just so that was a lot of fun, man. And uh, I will tell you, I uh, freshman year, I came in. You know, probably 235 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, but South Beach mm. looked like like South, the South Beach type look, you know. And I quickly, I quickly deflated to about uh, two, 210 <laughs> pounds with uh, the, the school between school That's and all the yeah. all the freshman stuff and the way we were eating and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it just, mm. man, I turned into a skeleton for me at, at 215 and then and then um in the spring I had uh you know Andy one of my best Andy Clausen is our trainer who's been there forever and I recently saw him a while back he's got a picture of me in his in his uh, in his office which is cool but he um I somebody poked my eye in one of the first practices in spring uh my freshman year and they had switched me to defensive end and um, <clears throat> that experiment didn't go so well. So my sophomore year was a little bit of a loss because they put me at defensive end, and I'm just a, uh, you know I'm a, I'm a mule offensive lineman, you know. So and then you know I was able to uh, turn it around for the next few years, and uh, I got handed the most improved player that next year, and then uh, and then you know was able to uh, to. We had a really good year as a team, and I will tell you, it wasn't just me, but I had guys like Rick Brodsky. I had Darren Bradley, um, Charles Wallace, who was a stud, and his son is a monster right now at, up in Penn State. And we had uh, George yeah. Thomas, who was he's probably the biggest overachiever I've ever seen. But what I'm saying, these are all super – we're all kind of we, – we banded together, and, you know, we'd stay after practice late and hit that sled with – with Bleemer and stuff like that and get, get some extra work in. And, and we were able to, you know, our running back, our, our, our um, Gene, our quarterback ran for over a thousand yards. I guess the, the fullback uh, Adrian Johnson ran for over a thousand yards. And then our, our uh, mm-hmm. running backs combined for uh, the running backs combined for over another, 
I, it was way over 3,000 yards. I know you guys beat that uh, when you were, when you know, later on, I guess, 90, in the early 90s. But uh, we were pretty yeah. proud of, of what we achieved, and we, we made it to the playoffs, the 1AA uh, FCS playoffs, and we, we played at Georgia Southern, and we were winning at halftime, but they, they stormed us in the second half a little bit and, uh, yeah. and outclassed us a little bit. But uh, we, I think we were ranked 14th, and that was exciting, man. What's that? Was that Tracy Hammond, quarterback? Uh, Gene, Br- Gene, for, Gene Brown no, was I'm our quarterback. For, He's in the Hall of Fame. For Georgia Southern. Oh, sorry, for Georgia Southern. you know what, man? I, I, would, I could, I, could uh, I, I, I don't remember the names, but I could see the, the faces of, of some of the people I played. They were, they, were, they, were, they were a tough team, man. They were yeah. tough. Yeah. They they were uh, and they were mm-hmm. gamers, man. They were. It was fun to play them. They had some crazy guys, but I don't remember on the offensive standpoint who they had. I, uh, but yeah, they were they were a little bit of a juggernaut, and they uh, they figured us out, I guess, in the second half a little bit. But uh, and one of the fun things, man, looking back, also is playing D one talent. You know, um, playing against. Uh, you know, my junior starting against Michael Dean Perry, the the brother of the fridge. This guy was mm-hmm. NFC Player of the Year, dude. You know, I, I don't know how many. What, it, not all. What's the one where you're? I think there's the Pro Bowl, right? It's not making the Pro Bowl. It's where right. you're like the number one. Is is that called All Pro? I think. But right. um, you all know, pro. five year first team All All Pro kind of thing, and you know that just mm-hmm. uh, to to feel that from the other, from that human, that just incredible talent from the other side of power and speed and all that's just amazing. And um, North Carolina had a couple guys uh, who played for a long time, Ruben Davis and Tim Goad or defensive tackles, just monsters, you know, but um, right. You know, so you get to play a couple D one teams a year. Also, you, you know, that Everett and wh- whereas SEC, mm-hmm. You better buckle it. Up. You better buckle it up every game. Every but uh, sometimes uh, you do get some softer competition. Uh, but man, uh, just the memories, the friends were still, you know, in constant contact, and and the friendships are, you know, deep, and uh, and the memories are just so incredible, and uh, it's, you know, so it's something we can cherish for the rest of our lives, and. Uh, it uh, it brings mm-hmm. people together, man. Like right now, everything's right. so divided. I'm watching the news, and everybody's talking yeah. about, uh, you know, now it's anti this and he's anti that. And what's something that can bring us together, man? I, you know, I think it's sports, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but even in the Olympics, you know, we're having some issues there with this, that, and the other. But it's just it's just hard to watch for me, man. But um, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. we got to come together because right now I think we're broken a little bit. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. And that's the one thing about sports. Um, as you walk into the huddle, you don't care what color right? he is. You don't care where he's from. His brothers, man. You only care about he's doing his job. If he's doing his job, you're good with me. If he's <laughs> confident, he's okay. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh exactly. That's a good point, man. And in the locker room, there is no, you know, everybody's just a brother, and that's it, you know. But, uh, yeah, I would say – you know, discipline, doing the things that you don't like to do and uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, doing things that you don't like to do and doing them like you love them. That's something that you learn 
uh, in sports, particularly in football, man, two-a-days and, you know, Oklahoma drills that you guys are in the <laughs> You know, you know those things, and uh, bull in the ring, which we used to play in high school, doing high school, and you know, just those kinds of things, and and the getting up early and staying late and well, then hey, working Carlos. out and and all those things. Hey, hey Carlos, these you these know, these kids today don't know anything about two a days. They don't have two a days anymore. Really? We don't. Yeah, no, we never did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I we will tell like you, it. they do have. They do have CrossFit, which will kick your ass. <laughs> and I will never do CrossFit, but, I promise um, you. I will never do it. CrossFit will, I, you know, it was probably like 10 years ago, and, and I did it for like a year. And I talk, I talk about needing to see a chiropractor. Woo, your joints. Because you're doing one of those things is you're doing all those complex movements. That's something that right. that I think we missed. In, uh, you, maybe you guys – being much younger, I graduated in 88, but you guys being much younger, um, but we didn't have all the complex moves like, you know, really focusing in on the cleans and the snatches and, the, you know, it was like a singular you know, like movement a as to like comp. Yeah, a bench right. press, you know, that was the big thing. As opposed to the complex movements. And, uh, and, and, you know, the core core was another one that I see now that uh, mm-hmm. is so important. And, and by the way, the, the chiropractor was talking about the neck and whatnot. And the first thing, number one is posture, man. Cause I, I, you know, for going on 19 years here, I've been in spine surgery. So we correct the problems, either it's degenerative deformity or a trauma like a tumor infection or somebody actually fell off a roof or had a car accident or something but all these things you know we go in and fix them and i hear mm-hmm. just you know doctors constantly professors at the university of miami and and all the different private hospitals talking and posture is huge also core so from a from a low back standpoint and I'm I'm not one to talk because I that's not but I'm just saying I don't have back problems but people who have back it's right. back problems one thing is when you have ridic you didn't talk about ridiculating ridiculating pain and what it, or ridiculating issues that's when the pain goes past from where your back is down to your legs or from your neck down your arm to your fingers or once you start crossing joints and stuff like that and I, have real problems, but if it's just localized, it's it. A lot mm-hmm. of times, it could be muscular, it could be posture related, you know those things. And then you see people on their phones, right? And uh, mm-hmm. people on their phones, all they're just looking down, and that's right. why they're that's why their neck hurts because all they're doing is looking straight down at their phone, and their neck is bent downward where their head, uh, your head is heavy, and what mm-hmm. you should have is your ears matched up to uh your kind of your ankles basically but uh nonetheless uh yeah man there's so many issues there and i i really got into uh what he was saying but um uh from the standpoint of uh me yes yeah, so as i was finishing school we had a uh, general grimsley man he calls me into his office mm-hmm. which was so cool i guess i'd had some success and he was nice enough to call me into his office and had a great uh, meeting with him, and he called two of his classmates. This guy graduated like 1940, 
and he got all these guys with World War II heroes and stuff like that. And one of them was a guy, hmm. George Wackenhut, down in Miami, Florida, who owns this multi-billion dollar Wackenhut Corporation. And another one was Alva Chapman, who was the president of the Knight Ritter Corporation, which is basically the Miami Herald. And so I, I, you know, I was blessed to uh, have different opportunities uh, for employment. The economy was, was booming. I, I think that right now they're out there. There's like a surplus of jobs out there. And, and uh, you know, we're starting to boom pretty good right now. I'm, I'm hearing, and I'm hearing in the news, that there are job opportunities available, which is good for our young kids, you know, that are coming out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I had, I think, you know, it was, uh, it was right when um, in the late, eight, late 80s and then the Clinton years and stuff like that. But I got into pharmaceutical sales, and, uh, mm-hmm. and that was – it was – it took me – it took a, a few months to get in there. It was not easy, man. It was quite a process. And, uh, right. and then, but, you know, did that for a few years, was very successful at it, and, and decided instead of going down that path and becoming a manager and, and all those things, and I really like Miami and I'm always going to be here. So as a manager in those opportunities, you got to be able to, to be, uh, you know, relocatable basically. And, uh, right. I just, so I, you know, uh, I, I would see people, medical device representatives or more medical sales. And, and it's something that I wanted to get into is the highest level of sales and, and kind of like the medical side and, uh, was able to get in. I so saw, I started with sports medicine, trauma and total joints. So I learned that side of the business. And then for the last, um, 19 years, um, it's been spine related and that can go from the top of your head, which is the occiput all the way to your, your hips, which is the uh, ilium. So uh, pretty, uh, you know, they can, we can do surgery from the front, the side or the back. And uh, you know, so it's complex. There's a lot of moving parts. You got to be a little bit of a businessman with the administration You've got to be able to work the nurses, and then ultimately, most important is you got to get the doctor to use you, and uh, be comfortable enough and confident in you uh, and your product. So those are, you know, I find it uh, a lot of fun and uh, and challenging and complex, and so it's uh, it's something you know is a, a love there and love surgery. The first time I did go into surgery. I checked, it was a mm-hmm. total knee, and I kind of checked myself. I go, am I going to be okay? Because the first thing they do, man, <laughs> they make a cut from above your knee to to your tit. You know, they go, you know, they, they, they literally have to sublux, dislocate the knee. You know, they flip your patella out, and you see this femur bone coming out at you. And <laughs> now they have a tourniquet, so it's not very bloody in the, in the knee. But it just, it, it was, it was like, you know, when you see these bones, you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute. Are you, you know, am I, can I handle this? And then you're like, I think, I think I'm going to be okay, but I'm just telling you how like early on, but uh, it's uh, the other day I was watching golf and it's a lot like, you know, so you got Tiger Woods or one of these great golfers and he's kind of in a catcher stance with his, with his hands over the, the front of his cap and he's looking at a putt. But as they zoom in on Sunday morning and you're a little hungover, 
he's actually talking to somebody and there's a guy standing behind him and it's his caddy and, and his caddies give him all the technical aspects of the green. And so that's kind of like what we do. So, um, we work with well, a surgeon, uh, surgeon and, and go ahead. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but, uh, I just graduated from Georgia and one of the things that I was, or one of the career paths I was looking towards was either the medical and equipment sales side or the pharmaceutical sales side. And, you know, awesome, you talking man. about it, 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 uh, you know, it yeah. just excites my interest even more. So, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's get you hired brother. For sure. Hey, um, I'll take that. Where are you, where are you living? I'm in Athens, Georgia right now. I'm still where okay. the university of Georgia is, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know they're 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 always looking for great they're always looking for great people. Oh, uh, you know you know they're looking for good. And you know what, athletes do extremely well. You know it's yep. it's competitive. You know it's hyper competitive, and uh, and mm-hmm. you've got to have your stuff in a tight. Uh, you know, like when you're going fishing, you know, you got to make sure mm-hmm. that you got you got everything you need, and and uh, and you know it's it's uh, it's a great. Uh, you, you can learn a lot there, and you can get into later on. You know, if you're, you can always jump into the management aspect of it, and uh, there's so many other sides mm-hmm. to it. There's marketing. There's, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, the production side and the distribution side, and so many. Last, uh, you're not an engineer though, are you? I am not. Yeah, because there's also an engineering side. Is just what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So, the bio biomechanical engineer and yeah. But okay. um, there's a lot to it, man. And here's the cool thing: like right now, um, I work for it's. Uh, my my wife hates it when I say this, but I do work for the world's largest medical device company. They're not Johnson wow. Johnson or any of it. Where they we Medtronic, it's called Medtronic. They do not make anything but medical devices. They don't make the aspirin or the or the pharmaceuticals or the baby formula or the powder or the it's pure pure medical devices nothing else so um, you know and it's it's the world's largest it's uh, you know multi billion you know tens of billions of dollar uh, per year company and it's mm-hmm. a great company to work for that's another thing is you get to work for some great companies. and then the innovation so there's multiple divisions. Um, in my division, the future right now is in robotics, where, mm-hmm. where the, the, the surgeon is kind of controlling a robot, uh, okay? But the robot works off a plan that the surgeon um, kind of programs into the robot. So that's kind of cool. And then there's all sorts of mm-hmm. AI applications, adaptive learning that that mm-hmm. is uh, so. What do I mean by that? Is is custom made implants that um, work based based off these plants. So you, you end up getting before the surgery, if it's not a, 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 a an emergency or trauma based, you end up getting some of these implants before your mm-hmm. sur- surgery that are specifically customized for the patient. So those are some of the things that are happening in in my business that are that are kind of cool and new and exciting and always changing, you know, so uh, always like reinventing, you know, so it's very good. 
Now, yeah, Carlos really yeah, man, but uh, it's it's fun. It's it's uh it's very very uh it's challenging because I get it's more you know multifaceted type deal. So, mm-hmm. and that's about now, it. Now, Carlos, but just, uh, just think about that challenging part. What kind of things did you learn from playing ball that you are able to use and apply to your career now? And well, when you pull of, you know, when you pull up to that line of scrimmage, there's the planned play, right? But now you've got to mm-hmm. adapt. You know, you've got to adapt yeah. to all the different things. I will tell you that uh, for me, one of the things for me. You know, I went to 12 years of Catholic school with teachers beating me and stuff, and then I went to the Citadel, which uh, was just as bad. Now it was basically a, a guy, one year guy, a guy who was one year older than me and is probably 120 pounds and five four, mm-hmm. who's yelling at me and telling yeah. me to do push-ups. But um, he's he's a third my size, and he's all up in my grill, spitting on me. But um, I think Citadel <laughs> teaches you. You know, what, what am I saying? Things come up in your day that uh, that are curveballs, and and you got to learn to go with them, man. And um, and sports teach that because you know there's the they, they want you to go through that that particular gap on that play, Everett. But guess what, yep. dude? You're going to go out there and you're just going to play, right? And uh, yep. and read no, it and not. feel it and. Uh, so yeah, you've got to, it's, it's not just straightforward, you know, it's super dynamic. And then each mm-hmm. surgeon and, and each hospital comes up with, with uh, unique challenges of, uh, you know, from pricing, sometimes you have, you know, back orders and you've got to deliver tough messages. You have recalls where you got to go in and talk to the risk manager and everybody hates you. But what you have to do is, is be up. You can't just, for instance, one of the keys to my business is if you don't have something, you can't tell the surgeon when it's time to use up the particular product because now you're doing a disservice to most importantly, the patient, you know what I mean? So you've got to be super upfront and honest and uh, transparent with, with that. That's just the best way to go with everything. And then, and then communicate, communicate, communicate. So just on the, uh, on the old line, you know, we had communication. One thing what's cool with, uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, you guys, uh, you know, at, at Georgia, I mean, you're a, that was at another level. But once you, you got, I got tight with Rick Brodsky and, you know, and uh, Darren Bradley, the center, it's kind of nonverbal. I mean, we just look at each other and we know what to do as opposed to saying Ringo or something like that, which means right, and now, that you're, you know, the linebackers keyed off onto something's going to the right or something like that. I don't really see what I'm saying. So you then go non, but you know, you just, it becomes part of the, uh, just uh, cause you've practiced it and you've, you've hit all the hurdles and all the, uh, all the potential obstacles, but uh, yeah. And, and then when you first, first start, it can be a little bit of deer in the headlights, but you just got to be calm, you know, and, and, and keep your cool, but bad things happen, you know, and things break and, you know, so, but I, it's, it, it's kind of cool too, you know, cause uh, you it's, it's, it's not the same thing all the time and there's stuff happening all the time, which is, uh, which is kind of fun yeah. and cool and challenging. But um, I think the Very Citadel <clears throat> would definitely have prepared uh, you and us and at Georgia, I would, 
the the high level of um, you know that was expected at, out of you on the football field, and I'm sure academically as well. Just getting through college is is a big deal. Uh, the, the, what, what I found funny was my the other cadets or my classmates thought that you know they called us core squad or something like that. They thought that we were out there lollygagging, right? I'm an 18 year old mm-hmm. kid. 18 year old kid. I'm weighing. 215 pounds, and I'm going against these monsters. <laughs> you know, these monsters that are 22, some some of them 23 years old because they played a fifth year. And um, and and then these other guys, you know, they're back shining their shoes, and they're pissed that that we're that we're getting you know I don't know some sort of some sort of you know benefit that they think that we're getting that we're not. Uh, you, you remember that, Everett? <laughs> Oh, definitely, definitely. That's that's. I'm sure that's still a struggle. It was a struggle when I went back there coaching. Um, they okay. their thought was, I was it was more of a benefit, but they thought that we didn't have to do everything that they had to do, so we were getting out of stuff. <laughs> um, how, how about coming out? They didn't really still been putting the. Back. We were doing a whole lot more than they were. I will tell you, man. If if they made, I don't know, I don't know why they can't do it, but if they would make. The football team, like the band, right? Isn't the band its right. own company? They should make the football team its own company. Guess what? We'll be ten times better. We'll be ten times better than anybody else. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I think no. so. Yeah. There'd be so yeah. much pride in there. Yeah. There'd be so much pride yeah. in there. But um, like the athletic cadre, when you first get to the school, you uh, other athletes are the ones that kind of train you and all, um, they coach you up on all the military stuff. But it, it is, it is, uh, it is a little, you know, I went out when I went, I don't know how it is now, but man, you know, they, uh, the first thing they do, they, they, no big deal. They shave your head and then they take you to the cadet store, the, the cadet store and you walk out of there and black, you know, I'm coming from Miami, you know, being on South beach and stuff like that. And I'm in black leather shoes black socks, blue shorts, <laughs> and a white T-shirt, bald, like with a zero cut. Now they get caps. We didn't get caps. So now you, you, got, you, got, a, you got sunburned head because you're out there, you know, and, you, um, and then you got to put your helmet on. <laughs> but, um, oh, God, it was, it was fun. I would, the first year was rough, was rough but uh, it, thank God it got a little bit better after that. And then one of our problems, here's what one of the things in talking to um in talking to one of your classmates ever, um my my freshman year, man, we lost a lot of probably more than fifty percent of the football players just said, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm out of right. here. And uh, mm-hmm. the class with yeah, you probably played with them. I guess Carrie Cash and Lance Hansen and uh, all those cats, they all they were all they were all able to stay together. So at Georgia, for instance, you probably didn't lose too many people, but um, you know one of the problems is attrition. The, you know, is is you uh, you go into a class, but then you end up losing so many guys. But if you're able to keep those guys, then then you know you've got much better chance of uh, of being a better team. Sure. No doubt. A junior, a heavy junior and senior team is usually much better than a heavy freshman and sophomore team. <laughs> Very true. 
100%. That is definitely a a key at the city there. If you can keep them, and that's why they had on the wall, if you stay, you will become champions. Hey, man, what you guys accomplished, you know, beating, uh, you know, Division One teams like you did and, and taking it as far as you did, man. I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm pumped and so happy about that and yeah. pleased. We did beat Marshall at, at Johnson Hayes. They were ranked number one. And I, I, mm-hmm. one of my high school teammates was a defensive tackle, and he's a smart ass. One time uh, he had gotten to uh, – Obviously, not when I was not when he was in front of me, but he got to Gene Brown in the backfield. Gene Brown was our, our, right. our quarterback, and this is a Miami guy, you know, just cocky, rude. He started for four for four years at, at Marshall, and uh, and uh, at two at defensive end and two at nose guard, and um, so he. Quarter, you know, Gene Brown's on the ground, and he walks up to him, and he sticks his hand out to give it to to give it to Gene. And as Gene pulls his hand out, this is my Miami buddy from my high school. He pulls his hand back. He goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> "That's Miami style right there." So at Georgia, did you have some some Miami boys? Uh, I know we had one for sure. He was he was real cool. Yeah. He, I mean, he he wasn't uh, he, he wasn't. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say it on the radio. Skilled, but skilled you, you didn't have very many then. Like at Alabama, teams like loaded with them. Yeah. So For, you, well, I know you, I have you, one for you, sure. You just, graduated, you just graduated now? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I graduated in June. Wow. So last month. Okay. Okay. So Kirby, mm-hmm. it's Kirby Smart, right? Yes, yep. sir. Who, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's impressive. Good deal. It was fun. You, were you able to start a few years? I uh, started on special teams all four years, and then I was more of the nice. cleanup guy on defense. Okay. No, man, you're talking about another level athlete there. Yeah, man, I, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, I forget some of his names, but uh, just watching, watching them in, a, in you know some of the big games and uh, the way they run across that the uh, the speed of those linebackers. <laughs> It's crazy. Wow. I mean, linebackers are running like DBs now. Um, I I, I remember when I was in, you know, the only, obviously you see it all the time with the the caliber of athlete, but at the Citadel, he's uh, in the Hall of Fame also, and he's a couple years younger than me, but um, Phil, um, Phil, Four three guy oh. Phil, oh Bill, uh, Henderson. Henderson, no, no. You talking about he's younger than you? Yeah, Phil. No, he was a wide receiver, man. Four three. Oh, Phil, you talking about Phil uh, Flores? Phil Flores. Phil Flores. Oh my God! Yeah. He scored a touchdown. <clears throat> he he scored a touchdown against Georgia Southern, and it was just like a little right. cross. And he he was like, you know, little little cross uh, in the middle, and he just took off. But um, when you see him, you know, running the forty yard dash, and it's it's just it's yeah. skates, yeah. you know, he, just flying. You know? like, and, and he what did you guys, what did you guys run in the forty? What's that? I uh, yeah, he ran so well because you because you remember you remember uh, what was it my sophomore year when I came up to one of those camps. Mm-hmm. 
was it late? I think it was right. It was handheld, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. It was, it was a handheld. handheld. It was a four four. Yep. <laughs> Good Lord. Damn, son. Yeah, that's yeah. moving. And, and that's part and of the why he was starting things as a freshman. Woof. Running down, a, a punt, kickoff, punt return, oh, yeah. kick return all that stuff, man. Yeah, Bubba, yeah. I know a little bit about that. De- the death shots, the, the oh, ear yeah, hole yeah. shots. That was the, that was the best. That was the oh, best. Just leaning into somebody. Best shots. Yeah. Best shots. No the other doubt. one I liked was uh, was getting beyond the line of scrimmage, and unfortunately for you guys, man, it was called a peel back. So basically, oh, when it would break, when they would break a run, you know, you'd be <clears> running <throat> down the sideline, and uh, yeah. and then uh, you catch them coming Lines back up. the other way. Oof. Nice. Death and Carlos again, your best death shots. That's illegal now. You know, that's illegal now. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, but what about if the runner's still in play? Yeah. Not yet. If they're, they're not looking, you can't you can't hit them. Yeah, it's a fenceless player. Gotcha. And then, gotcha. And then you got to make sure you hit them, you know, in the shoulder pads. If you get any contact with the helmet, you can't go ahead. You get kicked out. Right. Yeah. How about yeah, ever? Well, I wasn't right. like that when you were there, right? No, uh-uh. That's the last. Four or five years. <laughs> hey man, and, uh, I, I can assume you were probably like a mon- you know they told me you were a monster, dude. We had a guy when uh, you, you know when I was I, I you know I told you early on about the Dolphins and he was uh, his name was Larry Zonka. If you guys go, oh, yeah. go on video yep. and take a look at that Zonka's cat, he had like that. ten guys on him. He got he yep. got uh, illegal. What is it? Uh, unnecessary roughness. As a fullback. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. He was a dog. You know, one time he got yeah. into, um, I remember get him Him and Buckus. Buckus hits this uh, this uh, tight end, like out of bounds, called Howard Twilly. And his Zonka got up in, in uh, you know, he pushed, uh, he pushed um, freaking Buckus. Tommy pushed him. And, um you know, he just walked. Buckus just walked away. I was shocked. But um, anyway, tough guys. Th- that was the old school. Yeah. You know, they, oh, yeah. they wore the little yep. nose guard on the uh, on the uh, you know the face mask, the little nose piece with two little bars in front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Badass. That's the that's the kicker face mask now. <laughs> <laughs> what a trip, dude. But um, no, I'm looking really forward good. to going up there yeah. this uh, this fall, and uh, well, good. and definitely I'm at least going to that one game. Right, right. Well, hey, so. before we, before we shut it down, um, what advice would you give a young student athlete that wants to play at the next level? By from high school to college. From high school to college. Yeah, or it's, from college. Whatever that next level is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to uh, yeah, to to focus, avoid distractions and focus, hyper focus. And then the other one, dude, is it's mental. It's mental, and uh, mental comes in obviously becoming a student of the game and learning the playbook and and all that stuff. 
but uh, it also comes with mental toughness. And mental toughness is is you just can't you can't get tired. You can't get tired, and and because you know fatigue makes cowards of us all. And uh, and so the 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 discipline of of practicing and getting yourself you know, ready, you know, and physically fit and stuff like that. But then there's the the mental side of it. And I think that's even more important than, uh, than, than the physical side. And it's not, not letting yourself, you know, be outworked, not giving in, not letting, letting yourself get fatigued. And uh, it, it doesn't sound, it's not easy. It's not easy, but uh, it's fighting through it. I, I heard something from a Naval SEAL the other day and, and he, you know, I, I was something, somebody sent me on, um, what's it called? What's that new thing? What's got short video, TikTok. It was a TikTok, but it was a Naval SEAL. And he goes, people hate getting pushed, pushed to the limit of their breaking point. Right. He, and this guy goes, I embrace that breaking point. Now I'm glad that I know where that breaking point is and then I can learn to push past it, but you got to find your breaking point, right? So what ha- what's happening with these, you know, is they're, they're looking ahead like, Oh, what's the next drill and how much more of a practice do we have? And you, know, you just got to focus in on that moment on uh, one step in front of the other dude, as opposed to looking how far you got to go just one step at a time, but, but mental and then, and then the, the discipline of doing um, all those hard things that you may hate, but doing them like you love them. You know, for you, I don't, you know, it was a fumble drill. I don't know what it was, but I remember, yeah, just, uh, it was, it was, you know, being a running back ain't, wasn't fun uh, under a Charlie Taff offense. But uh, yeah, man, so those are the things, discipline and then the mental toughness. And and then right. also, you know, becoming uh, doing whatever you have to do from the standpoint of the preparation of knowing the playbook, uh, you right. know, and that that goes across any sport, you know. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the yeah, life, okay. and in the life too, pushing past pushing past your limits. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Sure. I, think definitely, I definitely think that all of those things will help you be successful outside of sports once you get into your career and uh no brainer dude yeah because other people are just going to quit if they don't have the discipline if they don't have the discipline it's just i will tell you man i look at what what i do right now and i don't want to overhype it but i'm looking at it now going man i don't i don't know how a young kid um would want to get into this thing, you know what I mean? But I, I love it, but I just, cause I, I see struggle, you know, I see the struggles of young kids. They, they, uh, they burn out, you know, they, they come in full of piss and vinegar and they're going to, they're going to rule the world. And then a year later they're gone, you know, and it's happened to hundreds right. of them. But, and then, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, boom, oh, wait a minute. That guy, he's been here for a little bit longer than a year, man. So, mm-hmm. so that guy gets the, uh, you know, and he, and that's what it is. It's somehow, somehow yep. sticking it out. And uh, if you stick it out, you're going to make it. And that's one thing we've learned in sports, man. Look at all those people that would quit along the way. And, uh, and yep. you know, and if you're not, for, for instance, at Georgia, dude, you had the stones to stay there 
you know, I'm sure you wanted to be the starter, but oh no, how many friends did I have? Well, if he's not going to play me, then I'm going to quit, you know? So those types of things. And that shows, that shows, uh, that shows something about your character. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but uh, stick-to-itiveness is also another one. Yeah. Another big part of that. What's that? Another big part of that is everybody has a role. And Very true. when you have your role, you got to do the best job possible that you can do at your role. Not saying you have to be satisfied with your role, but I got to do a great job at my role and then be ready for when the opportunity comes for me to move forward. But there you go. Not because, doing part, because if you put the cart before the horse, you're screwed. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to keep doing that, and then, and then, always, always leave. If you do bounce, if you do bounce, don't burn bridges. If you do bounce to the next your your next stepping stone or whatever, then do not burn bridges. Put your best foot forward. Leave in a good way. That way, you leave you know uh, great relationships uh, behind you. you. You know what I mean? Very yep. true. That is Very that true. is critical wow. too, dude. Yeah, oh no, when you know you, you, you just, you just, fat, you just text you in your resignation or something. That wouldn't be good. What's that? Yeah. Sometimes on our next job, you don't know when uh, you you need to call back and lean on one of those people. One hundred percent, dude. Yeah. Hey, but uh, you know what? You need the first thing you need to do, man, is go on the Medtronic portal. And apply mm-hmm. for something, man. Apply for something in HR. HR, just find something to apply for, something whether it's sales, um, so uh, sales-oriented. It could be an associate. It could be a salesperson. But if you just find something and apply, then what happens is you get put through the HR portal. I, there's, mm-hmm. there's right now five guys that that worked at a hospital called baptist hospital it's where i have 80 percent of my business in miami and there's five guys that worked at that hospital that are now working for medtronic and i've helped them the same way and so you find a job to apply for okay apply for you know turn in your resume and do the application and then what happens is you're going to clear through the hr portal it's going to take weeks but here's the problem. That job you applied for, you're never going to get called for because it's filled before you are even cleared through the portal. But that next job, you're going to be in queue, and that resume is going to be put immediately in front of whoever's interviewing for that position. Does that make sense to you? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so find something, apply, and then that goes with any other any other company as well, you know, so, you know, they got to put you through, you know, to, to do a background check and check your employment history. If you had any and check your, you know, your transcripts from the, from uh, Georgia and they got to put you through the sexual predator check and they got to all these different things that they got to put you the rigmarole that they put you through. And, uh, and then uh, once you're cleared now, that next opportunity, your your resume, um, your whole file will go straight to um, the you know the decision maker. Okay, yes, sir. I, I appreciate that's, you telling me that. 
You got it. Hey, Keep me posted, man. Me. And uh, if you want, uh, uh, Everett, send me, you know, his information, yep. and um, yep. and we'll uh, and send him mine or whatever, and we'll keep in touch, dude. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I appreciate hey, it. Real, real quick, you got it. And uh, we'll 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 finish up offline. But let me go on and say these last words real quick. But uh, definitely, thank you for joining us. And uh, and again, My congratulations. And thank uh, you. And again, we, we definitely. Uh, Get you back on sometime, just so we can talk a little bit more about what you do and, and how that you got it. Um, is impacting you know other people and, and how what you've learned from a sports life is definitely helping you with that. But again, the big thing awesome. that we're working to do here at the West Foundation is helping kids to understand that I can be successful, which you are definitely successful, Carlos, without being a professional athlete. And even if I, I had it. that opportunity to do that, it's, it's not a plan B, but it's what's going to happen when I finish playing. i got to go on and start oh, for thinking sure. about that. It's better to start thinking about yeah. that before. Yeah, you know, exactly, yeah. man. At the Citadel, you know, you're like, well, <clears throat> you, you have to do that. But at Georgia, I, could, I would assume that they're, they're totally disappointed. You know, I had one guy. Do you know John Stevens? Do you know John Stevens ever? That name, that name sounds John familiar. Stevens, no? Okay. No, he yeah. played baseball and football, and he played sports 365 days a year, basically, and he got drafted yeah. into the baseball, and you know, I saw the toll that it took on him when he realized right. that it was time to move on. And I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, it didn't happen for me. <laughs> I understood that, a, you know, a six-foot tall, mm. uh, I went to one of those little scout camps, and six foot, you know, when they, they, they said, okay, heels up against the wall, curl your toes up, exhale, and they put a board on me. <laughs> and I'd always been listed at like 6'3 and shit, and it was 6'0. You know, 6.0. <laughs> I barely, I, I was almost 5'11. Yeah, but curl your toes, heels against the wall, curl your toes up, exhale, and they put a board on my head. And I realized, man, you know, I don't, I don't have the measurables, you know what I mean? But, uh, right. And uh, you, you quickly realize and you move on. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you 100%. Hey, look, man, if I can help you inspire the next, I'm there for you, okay? Definitely, uh, definitely appreciate it. But, hey, everybody, um, again, you can learn more about the West Foundation at www.wsffc.com, uh, or you can just Google the West Foundation. Uh, but we are planning on doing a lot of big things to help impact the youth in our communities. So definitely uh, look out for us and be ready to support us. Everybody, you have a great night, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Everybody get up.